Again, I'm so glad that you're here this morning. And as I was preparing for this message, I was remembering something that happened to me as a child. I don't know if you remember, but there used to be TV commercials where they would take all the different classic rock hits and put them together on one album and then try to sell it to you through a commercial on the TV. And there's a line that is, uh, is that classic rock? We'll turn it up, man, if you guys remember all of that. And, um, and I remember as I listened to the clips on the TV, I would try to sing along with those clips. And, uh, and when I was in the presence of my cousin Vern, he would point out that I often sang the wrong words. And I'm wondering if you guys have ever sung the wrong lyrics to a song. I'm going to be vulnerable this morning. I'm going to share something that I uh, am really nervous about sharing because I don't want you guys to make fun of me until Jesus comes back after sharing this with you. But for the longest time, probably, I'm so embarrassed to say this, but probably into my late 20s, early 30s, when I sang the Star Spangled Banner, I thought it said, Jose, can you see? by the Don's early lie, leaving me to wonder, who's this guy, Jose, and what's a Donzer? <laughs> and when I shared it with my wife, she said, you're crazy, you really thought that that's what it meant? I was like, yeah, they never showed us the words in school, we just learned it by ear, and I picked up the wrong words, and those words just sounded right to me. And I was, uh, I was surprised to learn that there is a name for this kind of mistake. It's called a Mondegrine. And I'm sure that you can think of your own examples. They give us great examples of how important it is to truly listen. If you are new with us today, we are in a series called BLESS, which is an acronym for five everyday practices. My Siri's talking to me now. Good Lord. Um, <laughs> uh, the acronym stands for five everyday practices that help us love our neighbor and change the world in positive ways. Uh, we started with the B in BLESS, which stands for Begin with Prayer, and today we're going to move to the L, which stands for Listening. Listening without judgment. And we know that all good relationships start with listening. You just can't know someone without truly listening to them, listening to their words, and listening to their life. I had a professor at Vanderbilt named Doug Meeks who used to define love as a willingness to patiently listen to people tell their story over and over and over again. And he defined love in this way because he understood that this is not only how we get to know other people, but this is how we get to know ourselves, by sharing our story. So, if we really want to love our neighbor, which is what Jesus tells us that we should do, then one of the best ways to do that is to give them a safe place to speak openly and honestly, even about the hard stuff and to listen without judgment. Now this might all sound like common sense, and perhaps it is, but most of us know from experience that this is easier said than done. We live in a world in which people hardly ever listen to each other. Just think about our political climate, in which both sides develop talking points and focus groups, 
and just parrot them on talk shows, never really listening to or answering anybody's questions. If you had this experience, this is frustrating sometimes. I, I watch certain news shows and they'll ask someone a question and they'll talk for a long time and never actually answer the question because they never listened to the question in the first place. Their goal is not to listen to understand, their goal is to get their point out, to get those talking points out. Or think about how people on social media attack each other in the comments section without really trying to listen and understand to what the other person might be saying. You know, after we lost Scott Colburn, I gave a message last Sunday on the realities of suicide and how the gospel speaks into that issue, and a lot of people said that it helped them, and so we made the decision to boost that on Facebook to try to get that message out to others who might be struggling and there were some people who clicked the laughing emoji or said the most vulgar and mean things in the comments, which was a shame to me because I know that these people did not take the time to actually listen to the message. They were just reacting to the title, which was perhaps triggering for them. And it's not just Facebook. On all these different social media platforms, it's clear that most people are more interested in pushing their own thoughts and opinions than listening to what other people have to say. And we don't even have to get online to experience this. Just think about what happens in your own family. Sometimes we get so busy, distracted and disconnected that we sometimes stop listening to the people that we love the most. You know, often people talk and we, we tune them out, uh, looking at our phones, occasionally looking up to say, uh-huh, uh-huh, so as not to appear as if we're, as if we're ignoring them. And this uh, happened recently to me. I was preparing for this message and doing some reading on listening, and Emma walked by and I said, you know, babe, I feel convicted about this message that I'm writing. Sometimes I'm not a very good listener and I want to work on that. And Emma said, that's great, Mark. I'm glad that, that this is really helping you. And then a couple of minutes later, she started talking about how our daughter Evie was starting choir at school and how I needed to pick her up a little later than usual. But about halfway through, I started looking at my phone, causing me to say after she had finished, I'm sorry, can you say that again? I didn't hear you. <laughs> and all heaven laughed. <laughs> Two minutes between the inside and going right back to the old pattern. Other times, someone says something that triggers us in some way, and we act like we're listening, but we're actually planning what we're going to say next and are impatiently waiting for a pause in the conversation so that we can jump in and give our two cents, hoping that speaking our mind will quell our own anxiety and discomfort and give us a sense of control. Reflecting on times like these reveal that our difficulties with listening are not just about all the external noise, and there's a lot of that, but also the internal noise inside of us. Just think about your own inner life. There is psychological noise in our minds including things like racing thoughts, 
the compulsion to problem solve, our own fears of not being heard. There is also physical noise in our bodies, things like anxiety and depression or even chronic physical pain. And there are also semantic, there, there is also semantic noise, which comes from misunderstanding what people are trying to say. And just like all of the external noise around us, this kind of internal noise can drown out the voices of others. The main point here is that listening, and listening without judgment, is not easy. But here's the problem. If people feel unheard, then eventually they will feel unknown. And if they feel unknown, they will come to feel unloved. So if you want to obey Jesus in loving your neighbor and blessing the people that God has put into your life, then we must listen without judgment and for the purpose of deep understanding. And our best example of this is Jesus himself. When we read the New Testament, we see that he was the ultimate listener. Author Martin Copenhaver tells us that Jesus asked 307 questions in the gospel, 307 questions, and only answered three. Isn't that incredible? The rest of the time, he listened as an act of love. And we can see this, for example, in Luke's account of when Jesus heals a blind beggar. And we have that passage of scripture on the screen. I'd like to read it this morning. Referring to Jesus, it says, As he approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard a crowd going by, he asked what was happening. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. Then he shouted, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Have you ever said that prayer? Jesus, have mercy on me. Those who were in front sternly ordered him to be quiet, but he shouted even more loudly, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stood still. And then he ordered the man to be brought to him. In this story, Jesus was on his way to Jericho, which was the last stop on the way to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover feast. And this was one of the busiest times of the year in the city. It was full of people. Just to give you an idea, think of Times Square on New Year's Eve. And in this sea of people, one man, a poor blind beggar, cries out to Jesus, Lord, have mercy on me. And the people around Jesus say, be quiet. He's busy. Don't bother him. But the man ignores these words, and he cries out again, Lord, have mercy on me. And it would have been really easy for Jesus to have not heard that voice or to tune that voice out or to just gone on to do what he was planning on doing and seeing this man as an inconvenience or a distraction, but he doesn't do it. It says that Jesus hears him and he stops. And this is what happens next. It's on our screen. 
Jesus stood still and ordered the man to be brought to him. And when he came near, he asked, what do you want me to do for you? He said, Lord, let me see again. And Jesus said, receive your sight. Your faith has saved you. Now, you may be thinking, okay, I get it. Yeah. There's a blind man that can't see. He calls out to Jesus. Jesus heals him. End of the story. But not so fast. Notice that Jesus asks a question. What do you want me to do for you? Which tells us a lot about who Jesus is and how he went about blessing people. He didn't just rush in and start doing a bunch of things, assuming that he knew what the blind man needed. Nor did he rush in and start teaching or giving a lecture about what the blind man needed to do. How did you get here? What do you need to do? Like the simple plan for getting your life back. It wasn't any of that, right? No, he asked a question, and then he listened. And if we want to bless our neighbors, it is wise to follow Jesus here, to imitate the way that he listened to people. And this starts with a willingness to care about someone other than yourself and a desire to really know what's going on in the lives of others. It starts with good questions. And then when they answer, giving them your full attention. I had an experience recently where someone that I care about very much asked me a question about how things were going in my life and at the church. And I was excited because the person doesn't often ask that question. And so I began to tell them what was going on with great passion and great excitement. And it occurred to me a few minutes into my talking that the person redirected their gaze somewhere else and just kind of glazed over. And I thought to myself, they're gone. And so, it, this was probably a little passive aggressive, but I just stopped talking just to see if they would notice. And so mid-sentence, I just stopped talking and I, and I sat there and I looked at the person and in just a few seconds, the person turned to me and asked a completely different question. And I thought, wow, why did he even ask? <laughs> I mean, if you don't want to know the answer to the question, why are you even asking? So we can't just ask good questions. We have to actually give people our full attention and listen. And when we listen, we don't just hear the words that they are saying, but we listen to their heart. This is how we connect with people. And when we really listen, the other person feels heard. And when they feel heard, they feel known. And when they feel known, they feel loved. In addition to listening to people, I find it fascinating that Jesus also calls us to listen to places. Have you thought about that? Not only listening to people, but listening to places. Friends, you and I are given the greatest gift ever known to human beings. And that is the good news of the gospel. That's what the word gospel means, is good news. 
And the mission of every single church is to find a way to proclaim this good news so that others can come to know God and find the peace and the joy that comes with following Jesus. And one of the most important ways that we proclaim this gospel is by loving people the way that Jesus loved them. And this means discerning their needs and doing our best to meet those needs in a spirit of unconditional love in very concrete ways. And I know from experience, as most pastors do, that churches die when they, loo- when they lose touch with the communities in which they are planted. I want to say that again. Churches die when they lose touch with the communities in which they are planted. And the only way to avoid losing touch with our community is by paying attention to what is going on around us, what is going on outside of these walls. By listening to the voices crying out in our community for help as the blind man cried out to Jesus from the crowd in Jericho. So how do we listen to places? Here are four things that can help you to listen to and understand different spaces and places, including Cocoa Beach and Cape Canaveral and Satellite and Merritt Island and all the places that our church has influence. First, you listen for the pain. We ask ourselves, what are the challenges and the difficulties in our town? Is it loneliness, anxiety, or addiction? Is it strained or broken relationships? We know that every community has pain. And if we want to make a positive impact, we must pay attention to that pain so that we can offer help that actually connects. Second, it's important to understand the economy of our community. What kind of jobs make our town thrive? And our town is very unique because we got, you know, Port Canaveral and we've got a lot of hotels. It's a vacation destination and timeshares. What are the jobs that make our town thrive? Where are the opportunities for financial growth? How has the economy impacted the life of our residents, both in positive and negative ways? Third, pay attention to the power structures. Who are the people who hold influence? Who are those who have power to make important changes? If we are going to change our town, our neighborhoods, we need to partner with people who have the power to help make that change possible. And it is difficult to partner with people that you don't know. So we must listen to those with influence, learn from them, invite them to be allies. This is one reason why there was a period of time when I was surfing with the mayor of Cocoa Beach and almost all of the city commissioners, because we've got to understand how to partner with them so that we can work together and make a positive difference. And when you tap into that power structure and they begin to trust you it can give 
a lot of opportunities that we wouldn't otherwise have. Finally, we have to pay attention to the things that are celebrated in our town. Even as a surfer, I was blown away how this town celebrated surfing Santas, which I thought, if you're watching online, please forgive me, I'm I'm in a different place now, but at first I thought, what a crazy idea. Like, like surfboards are projectiles, so who came up with the idea that hundreds of us would paddle out at the same street and then start taking off on waves together? That's just dangerous. And I actually never paddled out and was confused of how there was so much celebration. I mean, there were people who were coming from all over the place for this. But learning why our town celebrates surfing Santas helped me to tap into the heartbeat of this community. And now I celebrate with them. And not only that, but really cool things I'd never done before, like Christmas boat parades. Isn't that a pretty cool thing here in Cocoa? There's all kinds of things that we celebrate. And so getting in touch with what people celebrate will help you to get in touch with the heartbeat of the community. And these are just four ways that you can listen to this place where we are planted. Friends, the main point of this message is very simple. Listening to someone without judgment for deep understanding is one of the greatest acts of love. We think about acts of love, we think about giving people money or making them a meal or, you know. But listening to someone, really listening to someone's heart and connecting with them is one of the greatest acts of love. And we need to remember that there are people who were sitting in the sanctuary this morning and there are people all around us who feel extremely lonely and isolated, unheard, unknown, unloved, even as they are surrounded by crowds of people. Have you ever felt like that? I know that I have. I've been in large groups of people and felt completely alone. There are people who are aching and crying out like the beggar in our scripture reading this morning to be heard, to be understood, to be known, to be valued. And one of the most important ways that we love them is by listening, by giving them our attention, taking a real interest in their lives, connecting with their hearts, refraining from judgment or the compulsion to fix things, and just listening for understanding. So I want to ask, who in your life, who in your circle of influence is crying out to be heard? Maybe it's someone living under the same roof. Maybe it's someone at work or someone in our church or someone in a social context in which you gather Who is crying out to be heard? Who needs your attention? Who needs your understanding and your support? And don't assume that just because someone appears to be big and strong and in control, or just because someone is a leadership position, or just because someone is your pastor, that we don't need that. Because everybody needs that. As God brings these people to mind, I invite you to pray and to ask God 
how you can best offer a listening ear and then do it. You never know. You may end up being someone else's lifeline. Will you pray with me? Gracious God, we are so grateful that you always listen to us, that you know what's in our hearts and you know what's in our minds, but you still take time to pay attention to us and listen to us when we pray. And it's such an incredible gift, God, to be heard, to be known, to feel loved. And just as we have received that from you in prayer and we've received that from you in our relationship with other people, God, in a spirit of gratitude, we want to share that with other people. And we know that there are people all around us in desperate need. And so, God, give us eyes to see and ears to hear the people that we will interact with in all kinds of different ways this week so that we can see those who are crying out to be heard. Help us to put aside our compulsion to quickly move on to the next thing or to treat people as if they are an inconvenience or a bother or someone that we like and we love and we we would give time to, but not just not right now, Lord. Help us to avoid those thoughts and those compulsions and give us the presence of mind to look into their eyes and to see Jesus and to see their hunger for a friend and their brokenness and empower us to connect with that and to put aside our agenda and to listen to them patiently and without judgment so that we can better understand them and better serve them in the name of your son because we know, God, that this is one of the primary ways that you accomplish your great rescue mission of this world. And so, God, give us what we need. Continue to listen to us, continue to forgive us and heal us and empower us to to be the people that you've called us to be. And send us out to be the hands and feet of Jesus as we listen deeply to others. For it's in his name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Hey everyone, this is Pastor Mark and I wanna thank you for listening today. I also want to thank First United Methodist Church of Cocoa Beach, the faith community I am honored to serve and that helps make this ministry possible. If you are being blessed by these messages, I invite you to support the mission of Jesus through the efforts of our church by making a donation. Simply go to our website, www.fumccb.com, and click on the link that says Give. I also hope that you will explore other parts of our website and connect to other ministries like online worship and Bible studies. If you feel more comfortable, you can also mail a donation to the church office at 3300 North Atlantic Avenue, Cocoa Beach, Florida, 32931. We sincerely appreciate your support as we try to help people who are struggling and need to hear good news. Again, thanks for tuning in today, and may God bless you.